Well, thank visitors again for being here today. We're delighted to have you. We're encouraged to have you. Hope that uh, you're encouraged here this morning as well. Take your Bible this morning, please. Turn to Matthew uh, chapter 27. Uh, Matthew chapter 27. Not going to have you stand uh, and read this morning uh, together. We're just going to kind of jump in uh, and begin uh, making our way through uh, some scripture this morning. We'll begin in Matthew 27. Uh, at verse uh, 55, Matthew 27 and verse 55, we'll try to cover some ground this morning. It's all good ground, amen. Uh, so, of course, we've been uh, making our way through the Gospel of Matthew. I'll share with our visitors this morning. I recently realized that if we tried real hard, we could land at the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And so that's, that's what we've been working toward, right? Well, we're, we're here now. Uh, last Sunday morning, of course, we saw the cross and We've carefully examined all the things leading up to the cross. Uh, we didn't quite get to and through the burials of Christ, so I want to look at some aspects of that this morning, uh, and then we'll move right into the resurrection, and um, we'll praise God uh, this morning for the resurrection. So we're here this morning, uh, Matthew uh, 27, Matthew 27, beginning uh, in verse 55, we see uh, some truths here about the, the burial of Christ. And uh, as we said last Sunday morning, we'll be reminded that there's all kinds of evidence. There's, there's plenty of evidence that Christ really did die on the cross and that he was buried and he really did rise again. Amen? Uh, he, it, it, was, it didn't just appear that he died. Uh, he died. And we'll see, we'll see some evidences that the Lord has sent to Fit, seen fit, there we go, seen fit to record uh, in Scripture this morning that, that he died, he was buried, his, he, didn't, he didn't just wake up having fainted on the cross, uh, his body wasn't stolen uh, out of that tomb, uh, we'll see some, some things that really prevent that possibility, he was supernaturally resurrected on the third day, uh, quite supernaturally. I'm going to pray again this morning. We're going to jump in here and, and begin seeing these truths. And I hope this will be a wonderful encouragement to you uh, this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you again, Lord, this morning for your words. Lord, thank you for our Bibles and for all of the truth that you have seen fit to record for us. Lord, I pray this morning that you give us hearts now. Give us uh, a hunger and thirst for, for you and your words this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that uh, these most central truths of Scripture uh, would be clear to us, that we'd be encouraged by them, by you this morning. I ask, Lord, that you work in our hearts, break up any, any stony ground this morning. Lord, just prepare our hearts now to receive your words. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that uh, isn't sure about their relationship with you, uh, I pray you'd, you'd reveal that, give, give us uh, that, that conviction in our hearts. Lord, if there's even one here this morning who has not yet placed their faith in Christ, I pray, Lord, that that, that um, can be settled, that can be resolved uh, before we leave here this morning. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I, I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Raise your hand, please, if you're a lady. Raise your, Brother Ray, don't raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a lady. I'm not raising my hand. Uh, does God care about women? Does the Lord care about ladies? Yes, he most certainly does. Uh, he most certainly does. And we see here this morning in Scripture that uh, there are faithful ladies ministering to the Lord as he was buried. And 
uh, coming to the tomb to minister to uh, his, his body at this point. And, and they were blessed greatly. We understand that ladies, women were uh, blessed with the privilege to see the resurrected Lord first. And it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful truth this morning, that uh, wonderful testimony that that God cares greatly uh, about women. I understand Marilyn has different roles for men and women. And uh, sometimes people get concerned about that. They feel like, oh, maybe the Lord cares more about men. than No, he doesn't. Uh, he, he views us equally. Has he given us different places of service and, and different roles? Well, sure he has. Of, of course he has. Doesn't mean he views uh, one different, well, different, sure, but uh, one is not less than the other. Women are blessed greatly here uh, in Scripture this morning. See here the role of these uh, faithful women in verse 55. Many uh, women were uh, there uh, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, uh, ministering unto him. Uh, among these, and these are not the only ones, was Mary Magdalene uh, and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee, uh, Zebedee's children. Uh, this, the children would be James and John. The mother uh, appears to be Sol Salome. So uh, we, we see here that uh, when the disciples have fled away or mostly fled away, uh, those who have stayed and, and, and remained uh, faithful, not flee, it's, it's the women. <laughs> the women have been most faithful here uh, in, in, in the immediate time following the cross. And it's, uh, it's the ladies who are coming to uh, minister to the Lord uh, at the tomb. We do see a faithful man. Guys, raise, okay, go, raise your hand if you're a man here this morning. Praise God. Uh, we do see a faithful man, Joseph of Ar Arimathea. Of course, he... Uh, made a, a, a wonderful contribution. The Lord's burial it provided a place of burial. Verse 57 records this. When the even was come, uh, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, uh, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. Uh, evidently, he had come to faith in Christ. He had placed his faith in Christ and uh, became a disciple of Christ, uh, one who heard and, and received his teaching and uh, evidently desired to live according to uh, the Lord's desire as he revealed in and through his words. Uh, verse 58, he went to Pilate, Pontius Pilate, we've seen him recently, uh, and begged. He asked for the body of Jesus. Bible records, then Pilate commanded uh, the body to be delivered to him. You recall that, that Joseph uh, of Arimathea, he had a tomb uh, and, and he contributed, he gave, he, he donated this tomb uh, for the Lord uh, to be buried in. Uh, so this is just some of the historical details uh, of the burial of Christ. Why did he need to be buried? Church, why did he need to be buried? Not a trick question, help me out. He was dead. He, he, he died. He, re he really did die upon a very real cross. He came with a very real body. He shed very real blood to cover my uh, very real sins. Raise both hands if you've ever sinned very real sins. A amen. Amen. I, ne I needed to be, my sins needed to be covered by the very real blood uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed that very real blood. Uh, he really did die and therefore needed uh, to be buried. And we see here uh, in, in the next several verses, he was buried uh, in the manner that a Jewish man, he came as a Jew, we understand that, he's buried in the manner that a Jewish man uh, would be buried. And some of the uh, details that are recorded, I don't know if you've thought about this before, but some of the details that are recorded 
uh, are actually part of the evidence, Brother Ray, that he didn't just faint or swoon, as the so-called swoon theorists will say. He didn't just pass out on the cross from blood loss uh, and, and then get buried uh, and then kind of come to uh, and, and wake up and, and, and walk out of the tomb. That, that's not what happened. Something supernatural had to happen, and part of the evidence uh, is actually in verse 59. Look here, the body of Jesus was wrapped, the Bible says. When Joseph had taken the body, uh, he asked uh, for the body. The body was provided to him. Uh, he wrapped it in a clean uh, linen cloth. And so you might just kind of skip over that and, and not think too much about it. But let me share a little bit of detail about that phrase. One man writes this. He said, the Jews of that day would typically wrap a body in a linen cloth uh, and then tightly wind the cloth, cloth strips around the linen-clad body uh, almost in a mummy-like fashion. This was their practice. They didn't mummify him, but they, they wrapped him up and, and, and bound him together with tight uh, linen wraps. This would be the typical practice um, in this day. And this man writes, he says, this is significant. And indeed it is. He said it would be impossible uh, for even a healthy man to escape from such confinement. He, he was tied up. Uh, and so if he had just passed out uh, and then came to, uh, it would have been virtually, essentially impossible for him just to kind of get up uh, and walk out. The manner of burial would literally uh, prevent that. So uh, if, if he's discovered to be out of this tomb, uh, he either would have had to been carried out, stolen away from the tomb, or something supernatural is going to have to happen. He's going to have to be supernaturally brought back to life uh, and then somehow, uh, miraculously or otherwise, freed from uh, this burial wrap. What, was he supernaturally resurrected from, from death? Was, the Bible records this, right? Um, we'll see here in verse 60 also, there's, there's also a great stone uh, that, that's rolled um, in, in front of, of the tomb. So picture this, Jesus is wrapped up, he's bound up uh, in this kind of mummy-like fashion, uh, and then a great stone is rolled over the front of this tomb. By the way, hasn't he just been through quite a physical trial? Uh, we, we, we learned some things about the cross. We didn't go into all of the details, but uh, he suffered a great physical trial on the cross. We know including death, but those that might deny that uh, need to consider the blood loss, the beatings, the scourging. Uh, the fact that uh, nails had been driven through his, his wrists and, and, and his feet. Uh, he's, he suffered a tremendous physical trial. Uh, if he just kind of came to having swooned or fainted, it would have been impossible for a man in that condition to get out of that wrath. Most certainly would have been impossible for a man to, uh, to, to uh, move, move toward the, 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 the mouth of the tomb and, and to move this incredibly heavy stone uh, and, and then to escape. So all of these details lend credence to the claim that he really was dead uh, and he really was resurrected. Look, look at verse 60. Uh, and laid, so he's, he's laid in a new tomb, uh, that of Joseph, which he had hewn or carved out uh, in the rock. Uh, and he rolled a great stone to the door of, of the sepulcher. By the way, great doesn't mean like awesome. 
doesn't mean like he had a really cool stone. It, it means it was big uh, and it was heavy. The same underlying word is translated big. Uh, it's translated large. And Joseph probably had help with this. I understand it could have been carved in a certain way. That maybe from the outside he, he might have done this. But he, he probably had help with this. Uh, and then he, he departed. Uh, look down at verse 66 for a minute. Just skip ahead, if you would, down to verse 66. We'll come back up in a moment. Uh, they went and made the sepulcher sure, this is the Roman soldiers, uh, sealing the stone and setting a watch. So it probably took multiple people. It probably took multiple soldiers uh, to seal up this tomb. Uh, and it's sealed. I mean, it, it was closed up tight. Jesus, his body is, is wrapped up. It's bound up. And this, uh, this tomb is sealed. Now, uh, it still leaves the possibility, Rich, doesn't it, that the disciples maybe could come in the night or early in the morning while no one's around and possibly uh, ro roll that stone back and, and steal his body away so that people might just think that he was resurrected. Uh, the, the Romans were thinking about that possibility. Uh, and so Matthew records their answer to that. Look, look in uh, verse 62, verse 62. And then the next day that followed the day of preparation, what were they preparing for, by the way? What, were, what was that holiday they were preparing for? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the, the day that followed the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, Mr. Pilate, remember he's the Roman authority there, uh, Sir, we remember that that deceiver, doesn't that make your stomach just kind of, uh, they're calling him that deceiver. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. That deceiver said, well, he was yet alive. After three days, I will rise again. He did say that. Uh, the scribes, the Pharisees knew that. Pilate knew that. Jesus said, after three days, I will rise again. Verse 64, they say to Pilate, the Roman authority, uh, command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away uh, and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. They said, listen, you, you know, his, his disciples might just come and steal him, uh, and then they'll go around claiming that, that he, he rose from the dead, just exactly as he said. So you need to do something, Pilate. You need to put some soldiers there until after that to make sure that no one comes and steals him so that, we can, that these disciples of, of this deceiver can't deceive anyone any further. Pilate said, verse uh, 65, Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch. I will give you uh, some soldiers to watch this tomb because we don't want that. We don't, we don't want that. He says, go your way uh, and make it as sure as you can. You go and, and you make sure that thing is sealed up and uh, you take these soldiers and, and you go and you make sure that thing is guarded as securely uh, as it possibly could be. We don't want there to be any possibility, Brother Ray, that uh, anyone could claim something that, that didn't happen. This is the idea. So they went, verse 66, and made the sepulcher sure. Would you read the rest of that verse with me? Sealing the stone and... So that's what they did. Uh, the, that's what they did. Uh, so there, there's, a, there's a, a stone. There's Jesus all wrapped up, almost like a mummy. 
Uh, and, and there's a contingent of Roman soldiers, guards there, outside the, the grave, outside the sepulcher, making sure that no one could come uh, in, and steal him away. This is, this is what they did. It would be virtually impossible for someone to come and take him. It would be virtually impossible at this point for him just to kind of wake up and somehow get out uh, and, and, and not be seen. Uh, it, would, it would be essentially impossible. Uh, and you know what? Things that are impossible essentially don't happen, sister. Uh, he's guarded. He's, he's guarded. And so uh, the things that we see now are supernatural. Uh, anything physical, anything material has been ruled out by all of the details that the Lord has had to be recorded here. Uh, that's the burial. That, that's the burial, the securing of the tomb, the guarding of the tomb. And so uh, when we get now into the next passage, we're looking at the resurrection. Any physical explanation is essentially uh, ruled out. Uh, what will happen now, the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, is absolutely supernatural. Uh, the words of Christ demand that. The practical details that uh, the gospel writers have recorded absolutely demands that. Uh, and so the stage is set for the fulfillment of Jesus' own prophecy uh, and for this very wonderful, very supernatural uh, resurrection of our Savior. Uh, look now, uh, moving into the, uh, chapter 28, verse 1, the resurrection. So that's the burial. And now see with me, please, uh, the resurrection. Uh, it's declared uh, to the women that are there by an angel. And so again, uh, we see the Lord blessing these very faithful ladies. They're going to be the, they're the ones who stayed faithful. They're the ones who are at the tomb. Uh, they're the ones who are, who are therefore going to be blessed uh, with this announcement from the angel uh, that he's resurrected, as he said. Uh, so we see the, I'm going to give you three M's quickly, okay? Three M's for your notes. The Marys, uh, verse one, the Marys. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, uh, the sun is coming up. Don't you love a sun, sunrise? Just beautiful, right? Just beautiful. Beautiful sunrise, a wonderful blessing. Uh, in, the, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, they weren't realizing anything. The sun was coming up. As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, you remember her, and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. There's the Marys. They're these faithful ladies, not perfect, but faithful here, uh, to come. Uh, and they meet a messenger, an angel. Remember, angels are messengers, right? They're real. Uh, they're part of God's creation. They're sent by him uh, primarily as messengers. The word angel, angelos, can be translated angel or messenger. That's their primary role, not, not their only role, but their primary role uh, we see in Scripture. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake. We saw reference to an earthquake last week also. Uh, so... Uh, you know, earthquakes happen naturally, Marilyn. We understand that. But this seems to be a supernatural earthquake. Uh, the Lord is sending an earthquake to, uh, no doubt, to open the tomb where he's been buried. There's a great earthquake. Uh, for the angel of the Lord descended from where, church? From heaven. Uh, and came and rolled back the stone from the door uh, and sat upon it. You could just picture that. You, Picture that in your mind here. This angel has come, and uh, this earthquake has been supernaturally used to roll back the stone. Uh, and then I just picture that angel sitting there, sister, thinking, wow, 
uh, what this is just just incredible. Just marveling at at his privilege to be uh, present at this uh, event in history. Uh, just just marveling. I'm sure the angels inquire. They marvel at our salvation uh, today. The Bible reveals, and I'm sure this one was just marveling uh, at the privilege to be present at this place as the Lord Jesus Christ is, is being resurrected from the dead. Uh, look at verse 3. His countenance, it's the angel, uh, was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. It's not a normal person. This is an angel come, arrived from heaven. Uh, verse 4, and for fear of him, the keepers did shake uh, and became as dead men. I don't think they died, but they were scared almost to death by what they're experiencing here. They recognized, they felt the earthquake, they saw the angel, they recognized that something very unusual uh, was happening. Not, not unlike the, uh, the, the Roman centurion, I'm sure, as he witnessed the cross and the, uh, all of the miracles that happened testifying that uh, the, the man on the cross and his death, he wasn't just any man experiencing just any death as darkness fell upon the land, as the earth quaked. Uh, the Roman centurion knew that this, this was, this was uh, the Messiah, the Son of God. No doubt the, these, these keepers, these gardeners, they understand the same thing. This is not a normal thing that's happening here. They're scared nearly to death. They don't quite know how to process this. So uh, we see the Marys, these faithful women, uh, the messenger now, uh, and the message. And Message is, is important. It's wonderful. Uh, it is, it is the, the basis of, of our faith. It is the basis of our faith. Uh, well, the first part is, is simply the fear or not. He knew that they were afraid. Uh, verse 5, the angel answered and said unto the women, uh, Fear not ye, uh, both of you, all of you, fear not, don't be afraid. Um, I'm thankful this morning, and, and I, I trust you are too. Um, when we're afraid, the Lord knows it. Amen? When we're anxious, the Lord knows it. When we're struggling with fear, the Lord knows it. Angels are messengers. Whose message is it that they deliver? It's the Lord's message, right? They're just the messenger. Uh, they never say that in scripture, but you wonder if, they, if, if, if at any point they, they were thinking that. Hey, I'm just the messenger, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, they deliver the Lord's fear not. They said that because that's the Lord's message. Don't, don't be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. By the way, we're commanded in Scripture to fear one thing or person and, and one only. Who is that? The Lord himself. The Lord himself. He has wonderful answers for anxiety. Praise God for that. The, the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye. Don't be afraid. Verse five, he says, next part of verse 5, he says, I, I know... I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Remember that word literally means to be stood up. And sure enough, he was stood up uh, upon the cross. Uh, so the, the Lord had the angels to, to say, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, he knew that they were afraid, and, and he knew, because the Lord told the angel that they were there uh, to, to seek Jesus, to, to minister to him. And of course, the angels knew that he had been crucified. They had either been allowed to witness that or they had been told that by the Lord. Uh, and then verse 6, and, and then verse 6, and uh, perhaps the greatest truth uh, recorded anywhere, uh, anytime, ever. Verse 6, the angel says, 
Uh, could we read verse 6 together, please? Uh, the angel says, He is not here, for he is... Amen. Uh, and he said, uh, read with me, please. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. That, that's, that's the greatest message uh, that, that could have been offered to anyone that day. And it's the greatest message that could be offered to anyone today. He's not here. Uh, he's not, he was here. He, he was crucified. He died. He was buried here. Uh, but he's not here for he is risen. Say amen, please. It's truth, right? Amen is truth, or so let it be. That's truth. He, he rose from the dead. He's not here, uh, for he is risen. The angel said, as he said. Jesus prophesied that he would rise again on third. Remember, that's the prophecy that was misunderstood. Uh, that's, that's the prophecy that was referenced at his kind of bogus trial, right? Uh, they, they thought when he, he was referring to his body as a temple that if it was destroyed, he would raise it again uh, in the third day. They, they thought he was uh, threatening the physical temple of the building, the place of worship, uh, not the one who, who's to be worshipped. Uh, as he said, he said he would rise again on the third day, uh, and in fact, he did. The angel says, come see. Uh, come see the place where, the Lord, where he was. He's not there anymore. Uh, praise God. The angel says, fear not. God knows we, we fear. He says, I know. Uh, the Lord knows everything that, that we're <clears throat> dealing with, every, everything that we're attempting. He knows uh, and, and, and he knew what they needed to know right here, right now. He's risen. Then the angel gives the Lord's, um, the Lord's command to them. He's risen. How are they going to respond? And what I want to do um, with the balance of our time today, I won't keep you here all day, I promise you, but what I want us to do this morning with the balance of our time uh, is to consider a few different um, responses uh, a few different responses to the resurrection. Uh, most people today have heard about, the, about Christ. Most people today have heard about the cross. Uh, most people today have heard about the assertion that he died and uh, he, he rose again on the third day. And uh, By the way, where is he now? He ascended bodily, he rose bodily, uh, ascended bodily into heaven where he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us today, praise God, uh, keeping our salvation secure and partnership in concert with the ministry of the Spirit of God who sealed our salvation. All, all of that doctrinal truth uh, is true, remains true, and will remain true. Uh, the, the angel gives the Lord's command to these women. By the way, does God have the right to command us? Does he have the right to command you today? He has authority, which is perfect. He's the creator. He made us. If he didn't, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, if he didn't sustain us, we wouldn't be here today. If he didn't provide for us, we would not be here today. Uh, that's a truth that's true whether we choose to believe it or not. He's the creator. Uh, he exercises perfect authority as our creator. Lord, help us to recognize your authority uh, and to yield to you as your people. So the Lord has absolutely uh, perfect right, a perfect right, total authority uh, to deliver his command through the messenger, the angel, uh, to the Marys, uh, these women. He commands them. He says, go quickly uh, and tell. I, I need you to go uh, and, and tell the others. Well, they, 
I hope that that would be their heart anyway, right? Hey, this angel came and said he's not here, he's risen. And sure enough, we saw with our own eyes that uh, where he had been laid, he's gone. Uh, just the burial garment was there, he, but he's gone. Look at verse 7, please. Go quickly, uh, go quickly and tell his disciples, for he is risen from the what? The dead. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Uh, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. So that, of course, is the area up north, right, around the Sea of Galilee in, in the north where he had ministered the majority of the time during his earthly ministry. There shall you see, so you see him. Uh, good that <laughs> the angel said that. Uh, lo, I have told you. Well, the angel is delivering God's message, and perhaps they understood that. I can't say for sure, but perhaps they did. They, um, the reason to believe they understood this was God's message is that they respond by obeying. Uh, and so, again, I want us to see some responses to the resurrection. Uh, the first response that we see here this morning is, is the response of these faithful ladies. They, they saw that he was resurrected. They, wit they heard the message. They witnessed uh, with their own eyes. They've been commanded by the Lord through this angel, uh, the Lord's messengers. And they could decide, what are they going to do? What are they, did they have choices? They, just like today, when the Lord commands us, do we have a choice? He has authority. We said that. Um, but does he give us the ability to make a choice regarding whether or not to obey him? He does. He does. And that first time that we <laughs> chose not to obey him, we committed what? Which results in a spiritual death, which results in, <clears throat> excuse me, our necessity for the cross, that new birth that comes by grace through faith in Christ. Right. The Lord's given us the choice. He does not, although he has perfect authority and he exercises perfect sovereignty, he's not interested in robots that he controls perfectly. He gives us the the right to choose to obey or not. These ladies, these faithful ladies, they just obey. <laughs> Evidently, they understand this God's message, and uh, they're they're inclined to believe it, and they're struggling, no doubt. We know that, uh, but they obey. They they obey the Lord's messenger. So take that as the first response uh, to the resurrection. They obey the command to go uh, and, and tell others, uh, and they do so with urgency. They don't just kind of meander back to tell others, oh, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll get there. Event. No, look, look at verse 8. And, and they departed. What's the next word? What's the next word? They departed quickly. They, they didn't, there's no joke about this. They, they knew they had some, an important message to deliver, and so they depart quickly uh, from the sepulcher. Next part of verse 8 records there's, there's some mixed emotions, and try to put yourself in their shoes, maybe sandals, for, for a minute. Do you think you would have been experiencing a lot of different stuff, a lot of different emotions, trying to process all of this? Uh, they depart quickly with fear, yeah, uh, and, and what are the next two words? And, and what? Great joy. Not just a little, oh, this is cool. Great joy because they understand that this, this man who's, who's been resurrected, not just man, he, he's the God-man, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was dead, but now he's not. He's resurrected. Uh, so they, they depart with fear and with great joy, see the urgency again, and did run uh, to bring his disciples' word. 
Now, listen, church, that's not difficult to apply, right? When, when you see their urgency to go uh, and tell others that, hey, Jesus is risen from the dead, uh, they, and, and the urgency they have, that becomes a little bit convicting, doesn't it? Because we know, and we'll see at the end of this chapter, Lord willing, next Sunday morning, the Lord has called all of us to the same ministry of sharing the, the good news of the gospel, the death, the burial, uh, and, and yes, the resurrection. He's called us to that same ministry, right? That ministry of reconciling men to God through uh, grace and, and faith in Lord Jesus Christ, that being made possible by the cross and the, burial, and the resurrection. We understand that. They had a great urgency to get the word to his disciples. Uh, obviously, we should have the same urgency to share uh, this truth with those who still need to hear it. Are there some people out there that still need to hear this truth? Yeah. Uh, most people that we talk to, praise God for those who were able to be out this week, uh, most people don't, don't understand this. They don't, they don't understand the, the meaning of this, the significance of this. Uh, but we do. Uh, and, and we've been called. We'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll see this next week. We've been called to the same urgency uh, to share this message. And, and by the way, we ought to have the same joy. Uh, shouldn't we have the same joy? We serve a risen Savior. Amen? We serve a risen Savior. There's a wonderful joy uh, and it's, it's not a, oh, I got to go to church or, oh, I got to serve the Lord. Oh, I got to do this. I got to share. No, they had a joy uh, and we can too. We should too. And when we struggle, we confess that Lord restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, Lord, give, give me a joy as, as I serve you. One man said to me this week, it's, it's not hard to serve the Lord. I said, well, that's, that's because you're looking to him for strength to do that, and you've yielded yourself to him, and he's blessing you with the strength to do that, and he's blessing you with joy as a result of that. Does God do that today? He does. He gives the strength that we need to serve him by telling others and other areas of service to which he calls us. It all factors into the Great Commission. Uh, and as we yield ourselves and, and find strength in him and we employ that strength to do the things that he's called us to, he blesses us with joy. Uh, anybody need joy? Anybody? <laughs> Amen. Amen. We struggle sometimes, right? We struggle sometimes. Brother, I do, right? We struggle sometimes. Uh, but, Lord, we, we look to you for, for the blessing of joy uh, from you. <clears throat> I'll take a sip. see the Lord's response to their faithfulness. Verse 9, they went, as they went to tell his disciples. So there's the obedience, obedience. Behold, Jesus met them saying, what does he say? All hail, uh, all hail. This was a greeting of the day. It has a literal idea of, of rejoice or be glad, something like that. All hail. Uh, you would greet people this way and greet, greeting them by encouraging them to rejoice uh, or be glad. Um, are they being blessed for their obedience? Do you suppose? I believe they are, sister. These, these same faithful ladies that were faithful to go and minister to him, uh, they've received the Lord's message through his messenger, the angel. They had a choice to obey or to not obey. They've chosen to yield. They've chosen to obey. <laughs> they dart off. And in that moment, the Lord blesses them by being, allowing them to become the first 
to see the resurrected Savior, the first to see him, the first to hear him, the first uh, to be instructed by the resurrected Christ. That's a great blessing. Ladies knew that blessing. Uh, that's significant. God cares greatly about ladies. He values you ladies uh, greatly. Guys, he values us too. Uh, see, the, see their response to him. What, so they see the resurrected Christ and he begins to speak to them. What should their response be? They're obeying already, but is there more that they could bring into the equation uh, as they have the, the privilege, the blessing to interact with, with the resurrected Christ? Um, Jesus, Jesus met them saying, all hail. In the next part of verse 9, they came, uh, read the rest of the verse with me, please, held him by the feet and worshipped him. Um, if you're going to hold someone by the feet, what are you going to have to do? What are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get down. You're going to have to get down. And the word worship literally has that idea. It, it literally has the idea of, of getting down uh, to a place uh, that, that communicates by your posture uh, a wonderful respectfulness, a wonderful uh, an, an adoration uh, a demonstration of respect. You, you are the Lord. I am not. You're the creator. Uh, I am the created. You're the resurrected Christ. Wow. Uh, they, they, they were already obeying him, but now as he blesses them, their hearts are moved uh, to worship him. They get down and they, they, they held him by the feet and worshiped him. Did you come in this morning with that heart? You woke up this morning and said, hey, it's Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I got to go and worship my Savior. I got to go and just grab a hold of him uh, and, and worship him, bow my heart down to him and uh, desire that he would be exalted in my life. Not me, but he. Uh, desire that he would be high and lifted up as I, as I bow down, that I would just uh, worship him and adore him and hold, cling tightly to him. Uh, desiring that he would be pleased with my humble worship uh, of him. Uh, their response to the resurrection of Christ is to obey him. As they're blessed, their response is to worship him. By the way, should you worship him whether or not you perceive that he's blessing you? <laughs> yes. Uh, if you know him as your savior, you've simply placed your faith in Christ, a humble, repentant faith. Lord, I'm a sinner. You died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I'm putting my faith in you and the blood that you shed, and the, the death that you suffered for me to be the payment for my sins. Um, has he promised to bless you? He has. Do we always, do we always see those blessings? No, we, always, we don't always do that. We don't always see them because we don't always choose to see them, but... He's promised to meet the notes, needs, there we go, needs of those who sought Christ uh, and his righteousness. Church, has he ever let you down? Is he meeting your needs today? Praise God. Lord, help us to see your blessings uh, and to be moved by that to worship you, uh, to worship you. Did the chief priests have the same response? They did not. Gary, they did not. They did not. Look Look at verse 11. It's one of the greatest cover-up attempts in history. Uh, by the way, the world is still trying to cover up the truth of the gospel. You understand that? The devil and 
uh, is trying to cover up the truth of the resurrection as well. Uh, here, here's the first cover-up attempt. We'll see it quickly. Verse 11. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch, the guards, came into the city and showed him the chief priests all the things that were done. How'd you like to be them? How'd you like to be them? They were, they were sent there to guard the tomb. Uh, and now an earthquake came and opened the tomb, and Jesus is resurrected, and, and they, they didn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. Verse 12. When, the, when they were assembled with the elders and to take counsel, they... The, the council, the elders, gave them large money. They gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, all of you, all of you say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we what? Is that what happened? Is that what happened? So they're paying them to lie. Anybody ever pay you to lie? By the way, is lying a sin? Is it always a sin? Yeah. Is it a sin that's forgiven when we come to Christ by grace through faith? Amen. Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. We got you. Don't worry about that. So they took the money. <clears throat> They took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews uh, until this day. Yeah. Cover up. Aren't you glad this morning that despite all of the attempts to cover up the truth of Scripture, the Lord has preserved his words exactly as he said he would? Psalm 12 various other places uh, he's preserved his words and his words remain available to anyone who would desire to to see these things to investigate these truths uh, for themselves uh, that was a great cover-up attempt but was it successful no <laughs> no uh, you can't cover up this truth the Lord did not permit it uh, the Lord did not permit that uh, see the response now uh, of the Lord so the, the women, they, they responded with obedience and with worship. Lord, give us that heart. Uh, the Jewish leaders responded with a cover-up attempt. Uh, Lord, help us to stand against that and just do our part to prevent uh, people from not knowing the truth. Give us hearts to be messengers. By the way, be reminded again this morning, please, that you and I can't save anyone. Amen? Only, only Christ can save someone from the consequence of sin, a very real hell according to Scripture. We don't like that, but that's truth according to Scripture. I can't save anyone. Uh, I cannot convict anyone uh, of their sin. Uh, I cannot convict anyone of the truthfulness of the gospel, but the Lord can if I will be his messenger. Amen? That's our job. That's our commission. Uh, I, I can't save anyone. I can't convict anyone. I can't convince anyone. But I can't open a Bible and share the truth with anyone who will listen and allow the Spirit of God to work through his words to convict someone and to give them faith that they can then place upon Christ and thereby be saved. Amen? Amen. See the response of the disciples. Uh, verse 16. We're almost done. Verse 16. Um, most of them believed when they heard and or saw 
But there was one man who famously did not see and therefore who struggled to believe. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain uh, where Jesus had appointed them. Verse 17, and when they what? Saw him. They what? They worshipped him. They saw him as the ladies did. And so they worshipped him. They got down and, and, and they worshipped him. Uh, but somewhat doubted. And we know Thomas famously doubted. Why? Why did he famously? Why? He, he had not seen initially, right? Evidently he wasn't there. He had not seen. Uh, and so he, he doubted. Uh, would you turn over to John 20? I'll, just, I'll have you turn there and then you could just stay there, okay? And we'll be done. Turn over to John 20, if you would. John chapter 20. So you're in Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fourth gospel. John's gospel. Chapter 20 and verse 24. Verse 24. The ladies saw him and they worshipped him. The, the eleven saw him. Worshipped him. Thomas. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas. But Thomas. What a phrase. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Okay. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. That sounds like a heart problem. <laughs> That's a choice. Verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst. Can you imagine? By the way, the Bible teaches that as his people assemble together today, the Lord is present in a special way. So do imagine stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you, all of you. Then saith he to Thomas, do you think he knew what Thomas had said? Church, do you think? Yeah, he knew. He knew. He's omniscient. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Yes, he did know. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. That's what he said he would need to do. Be not faithless, but believing. By the way, the Lord Jesus Christ enables us to believe. Amen? He knew what Thomas would need to believe, and he said, I got you. <laughs> Reach hither thy finger, behold my hand. Reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. He knows and he makes it possible for us to believe. Thomas answered and said unto him, this is awesome. What does he say? Read it with me, please. My Lord and my God. He says, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my master. And by the way, you're God. Is he God the Father? No, but he's God the Son. Amen? My Lord, my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, 
thou hast believed. Then Jesus says this. By the way, has anyone here seen the resurrected Christ? Not yet. Will you? Yes, you will. Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. That's us. Amen? Blessed. What does that mean, blessed? Blessed. What does it literally mean? Happy. <laughs> That's what it literally means. There's a joy uh, for those who, yeah, we haven't seen, we're, we're 2,000 years removed from the cross, give or take. We haven't seen him physically. We know he physically arose and he physically ascended and he's physically there at the right hand of the Father interceding for us today. I haven't seen him physically, not yet. I will, I will, and you will too. Blessed are they, happy are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Have you believed? Have you believed? Have you believed? You have either exercised a humble, repentant faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and have in that moment received forgiveness his righteousness was paid on to your account. The Holy Spirit came and changed you and indwelt you. We're still struggling, but all of that is true. Uh, heaven became your home. All the promises of Scripture become yours. You've either believed, chosen to place your faith in him, or you have not. Have you believed? Have you believed? Let's bow our heads, please. Father God, thank you so much this morning for the proof of the truth of the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the responses that we see here. Lord, we find faithful responses, obedience and worship. And Lord, we find unfaithful responses, disbelief, a desire to cover it up. Doubt. Lord, I pray this morning that those of us who have received Christ by grace through faith, Lord, that you just move in our hearts, give us the desire to respond to the empty tomb with obedience to you and worship of you. Lord, if we've fallen down in either of those areas, give us hearts simply to confess that, to agree with you. Lord, looking to you with a humble yieldedness for grace, for strength from you to take up a greater obedience in our renewed heart to worship you. Lord, I thank you this morning. That's possible because of Christ and the cross. Lord, maybe there's someone here today who has responded with doubt or just plain unbelief, a refusal to believe, a desire that this not be true, a desire to cover, this, to cover up this truth in our own hearts. Lord, I know this morning that your word does not return void. We've preached the truth this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for a man in Mark 9 who said, Lord, I believe, 
help thou mine unbelief. Lord, Father, maybe there's someone here this morning who has struggled to believe, but they're convicted this morning that uh, we are sinners. You've said there's none righteous, no, not one. Lord, you've said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning who said, I've, I've doubted in the past, but, but somehow God is convicting me in my heart this morning that Jesus is who he said he is. He's the Messiah. He's my Savior. And I know this morning I need to put my faith in him. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe this morning you want to simply pray a, a simple, humble prayer where you sit, Lord, I know, I know that these words are true. Maybe you want to pray this morning, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you. Maybe you want to pray this morning, Lord, I understand, I'm convicted by you this morning that Jesus is God the Son. He did die on the cross for me to pay the price for my sins. And so, Lord, this morning, as best I understand today, I'm turning to Christ, repenting of sin, and placing my faith in him and him alone for forgiveness. Father, I pray for anyone who's making that choice this morning. Lord, I pray that you just do a great work in that heart. Lord, I pray the weight of sin would be lifted. and Lord, confidence in Christ would be present. And Lord, that you just give a great and wonderful joy to anyone making that decision this morning. Father, for anyone making the decision to confess a imperfect obedience, Lord, unfaithfulness when it comes to worship. Lord, I pray that it, as we've done that business with you, guilt would be lifted and Father joy would be restored. And Lord, that you just work in our hearts and give us a peace and comfort us this morning. Lord, I thank you so much today for your words. We thank you so much today for the cross. Father, thank you so much for your plan for our forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, this morning that our salvation is secured by the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Father, we love you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may look up here. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, if you made the decision this morning to place your faith in Christ, uh, you've made that decision for the first time, uh, please see me. I'd love to be able to encourage you. We also have some Bibles. I'd love to give you a Bible and just connect with you and, and, and encourage you uh, quickly. And uh, that would be my privilege. Um, should we sing? Should, should we worship? Zach, you think we should? You're coming, so I, I think that's a yes. Amen. All right. Uh, what's our next song, Mr. Zach? 427. Let's stand together, please. We'll sing number 427. Uh, let's stand together. We'll sing 427. Um, visitors, thank you for being here. Uh, 
we can be of any service, please let me know. Uh, next Sunday morning, we're celebrating our 65th anniversary, the 65th anniversary of Long Hill Baptist Church. We'd like to invite everyone to be here after the service, we're having a meal, a fellowship luncheon. Food will be provided. You don't need to bring food, but you do need to sign up so we know how much food to have, okay? So if you haven't signed up, but you'd like to be here, you plan to be here next week, please sign up on the way out. That invitation is open to everyone, uh, everyone. So uh, please uh, consider yourself invited. We'd, we'd love to worship with you next week and, and fellowship with you as well. Uh, there's other announcements in the bulletin, and we'll look at those